Bob Shalom. And good morning. Good morning, family. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. This week's Torah portion is Shemot, translated names, and covers Exodus chapter 1, verse 1, through chapter 6, verse 1. It chronicles God's providence and faithfulness delivering his people from the oppression of a ruthless pharaoh. Chapter 1 opens with the names of the sons of Israel who migrated with Jacob to Egypt. His descendants totaled 70. God had used Joseph's wisdom and administrative skills to save Egypt and the world from a terrible famine. That generation died out and a new pharaoh began to reign, to whom Joseph meant nothing. Threatened by the increase of the Israelis, he enslaved them, appointing taskmasters to afflict them with heavy labor. Still, they increased in numbers. So the Egyptians worked them without mercy, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks in the fields. It didn't work. Pharaoh then directed the midwives, Shifra and Pua, to kill all Israeli babies, male babies, at the time of birth. But they feared God and defied Pharaoh. All this infuriated Pharaoh, who then ordered his people to throw all newborn male babies into the Nile River. In chapter 2, Amram and Yochavet from the house of Levi bore a son, seeing that her son was extraordinary. Yochavet hid him three months. When that was no longer possible, she entrusted him to God, laying him in a papyrus basket, waterproof with tar, setting it among the reeds along the banks, the bank of the Nile. His sister followed at a distance to see what would happen. Pharaoh's daughter was bathing nearby and noticed the basket. She opened it, saw this Israeli baby, and felt sympathy for him. His sister suggested to her that an Israeli woman, and a, excuse me, and a, that an Israeli woman could nurse him. She agreed. And ironically, his own mother was paid to nurse him. Subsequently, the princess adopted him, naming him Moses, because she lifted him from the water. His first 40 years was lived as royalty. One day, Moses observed an Israeli brother being beaten by an Egyptian, feeling compassion. He struck down the Egyptian and buried his body. The following day, he tried to make peace between two quarreling Israelis and was rejected. He realized his killing of the Egyptian was known even to the king. So he fled to Midian where he lived 40 years, married Zipporah, daughter of Jephro, a priest, shepherding Jephro's sheep and fathering Gershon and Eliezer. Meanwhile, Pharaoh died, but the Israelis were still enslaved. 
Yet God heard their cries and would honor his covenant with Abraham. In chapter 3, God wondrously appeared to Moses at Horeb. He saw a bush on fire, yet not burning. Fascinated, he moved closer. But God warned him to remove his sandals because that ground was holy. He revealed himself to Moses as the God of his fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses hid his face in fear. Adonai acknowledged the suffering and cries of his people Israel and told Moses he chose him to deliver them out of Egypt. Moses insisted he wasn't up to the task, nor did he know God's name. God promised to be with him. God promised to be with him and identified himself as I am who I am, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that Moses should tell the elders of Israel that I am has sent me, sent him, and that Moses should tell the elders of Israel that I am has sent him. Maybe it's a reason why I had to say that twice. Adonai also forewarned Moses that Pharaoh would not allow the Israelis to leave and that he would strike Egypt in judgment, performing amazing miracles. Under compulsion, Pharaoh would finally allow Israel to leave, but with an abundance of wealth. In chapter 4, Moses was still hesitant, but was reminded that the Israelis would believe because of God's miraculous power. Adonai gave three remarkable signs of confirmation. Moses, Moses' staff would become a snake and change back into a staff. His hand would become leprous and then be restored. And water from the Nile River would turn to blood. Moses then protested that he couldn't speak well. God reminded him that only his power determines determine who speaks or hears and that he would guide Moses' words. Finally, Moses begged God to send someone else, which angered him. God consented to allow Moses' brother Aaron to be the spokesman, and Moses would represent God to the Israelis, using his staff to perform miracles. On the journey to Egypt, God threatened to kill Moses for failing to circumcise his son. Instead, his wife performed the circumcision and God's anger subsided. He sent Aaron to Moses. They returned to Egypt, met with the elders and shared God's message. Moses performed the signs before them and they believed. In chapter five, Moses and Aaron delivered God's message to Pharaoh. Let my people go. However, Pharaoh had no respect for God and refused his demand, accusing the Israelis of being lazy. He doubled the workload, required them to make bricks, yet without providing straw, and their lives became unbearable. Sadly, the people blamed Moses for their suffering. They lost sight of Ananias' promise to free them from their oppressors. Moses was discouraged, but committed the matter to the Lord. As the parashah comes to an end, God reassures Moses that his powerful hand will humble Pharaoh 
and the Israelis will be set free from Egypt. In closing, let's consider Moses' journey. For 40 years, Moses was educated and groomed for leadership in the palace of Egypt. Had he chosen that path, he could have been one of Egypt's most powerful. But rather, he chose to identify with his people, forsaking his noble position, but gaining a great reward. As we read in Hebrews chapter 11, he then lived 40 years in the wilderness of Midian, during which time he learned humility. And it's something about humility. Sometimes we consider humility as a weakness, but it's a great strength. Patience and do not trust in his own power, but that of Adonai, whose timing is always right. In the loneliness of the desert among the sheep, God continued to prepare him to become the most humble man on earth and to lead his people to freedom. God is doing a work in you too. Through all your circumstances, we should embrace that process. Amen. God bless you.